everyone. Welcome to the House of Learning podcast. It is Richard and Steve. Good to be back. No Angela, because she is laid up poorly. Oh. So I hope, pray she gets well soon. Pray for her, please. Um, but we are uh, carrying on in Luke. It's the Becoming Like Jesus series. We are reading through together this week. Um, we're inviting you all to read the second half of chapter 12. So we're going to do our orientation, like walk through, see what we notice. We're going to talk about uh, the big theme, like being ready. We're going to talk about being ready for what. Mm. Um, we've got fire on the earth. What on earth is going on there? Where Jesus says, I've come to bring, like, is this a Sodom and Gomorrah moment? So uh, lots of interesting questions mm. um, arising in this chapter. And so, yeah, looking forward to it, even if it is without Angela. I'm not sure how we're going to pull this tell off. Us all the things her. that we missed. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we miss her. Uh, and and it's continuing like a a sort of theme we're digging into is still prayer. Mm. So even though this doesn't directly talk about prayer, it Luke has raised the theme, and it seems like a lot of then how we respond to the things Luke's continuing to talk about is going to involve prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's a little bit of a theme in the text and a little bit of a something we think God's calling us to as a church mm. to dig into. So we're trying to see how what's coming up in Luke could continue to relate to that as well. So prayer, big theme um, for us as well. Yeah, and that's been just a, I don't know, um, for us in our community group and in the young adults, like it's been so, um, it's been so just what an amazing journey and things we've learned and heard as we've sort of followed along and gone on this journey of, of prayer and persistent prayer, um, praying into, as we did last week, mm-hmm. you know, praying into our anxieties and, and just trying to unpack those, what, what might be those hidden things, mm-hmm. um, that our anxieties that, you know, what's really behind, yeah. you know, digging a couple yeah. layers deep, but I, I don't know for, hopefully for many of you, uh, listening this, uh, you're following right along and just getting encouraged um, in your prayer life. Jesus is changing your prayer life as as we do. Yeah, this. invigorating. Yeah. I've yeah. really enjoyed the noon, uh, yeah. like call to prayer. Yeah, yeah. It's just five or ten minutes. Yeah. But because we're in the building, we've been stopping meetings, whatever we're doing, and yeah. doing it together. And and Instagram Live. So if you're yeah. like, if you if you've got your alarm going off at noon like go on jump on instagram and you can sort of pray along with us um that's been really fun actually i think um yeah really energizing to have the consistent same time same theme same group Mm -hmm. of people Mm -hmm. sort of uh yeah it's been really good yeah and and like you said with anxiety so that was a big theme last week yeah so that's sort of what's teeing us up as mm-hmm, the, like mm-hmm. the flow of the things Luke and Jesus are, are mm-hmm. you know, laying out for us. Um, yeah, the invitation to not be afraid and not be anxious mm. um, and the um, the counter to it being, um, you know, if you seek anxiety and fear, what's like we've got misplaced fear and misplaced anxiety. Mm-hmm, if you're mm-hmm. going to seek something, if you're going to set, yourself towards something you know throw your energy at something seek the kingdom Mm. um because that's worthwhile but then the extra twist of and actually when you do that 
all the things that fear and anxiety, like those some of those common needs, hey, like God actually takes care of those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. God cares for us, and yeah. So and I, 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 not just God cares for us, but it's almost like Jesus is trying to convince people not just God cares, but and He cares for you. Do you realize how valuable you are to God? You personally, yes, and like individually you're valuable to God. Yeah, yeah. I um, for me, I mean, it was. I really enjoyed that, whether or not it was in our community group or young adults. And I don't know. I'll just share it real quickly. You know, like one of the things that stood out for me in that is that in that verse, chapter twelve, verse six, when he's talking about the sparrows um, sold for two pennies, he says, "Yet not one of them is forgotten by God." And for mm. me, that forgotten by God jumped off the page because it's almost like in all of this what Jesus is trying to say at least what I heard him saying to me was you can't forget who God is because don't you need to remember who God is because he hasn't forgotten you yeah and the things that get in the way of me remembering who God is are these anxieties and these yeah. other things they get in the way and so um, I've been spending a lot of time this week just trying to remind myself yeah. who God is, who God says he is, who I've seen him, uh, how I've seen him show up in my life um, mm. and elsewhere. So, I mean, that's interesting with like the Super Bowl ad that seems to have upset 99% of humans. The, but the, oh, I haven't even, this is how clear it I was the, wasn't watching. It was the didn't. He Gets Us ads. Oh. Um, I, it was just trying to give a clear message that jesus gets us yeah. but in a provocative like but i'm not really sure why kind of create mm-hmm. conversation draw people in but yeah like it, it is there's a sort of uh epidemic of like well jesus couldn't be relevant to me or god's forgotten me god, god doesn't care but like no one cares about me um yeah like people grasping for value yeah. it, it's just sort of yeah what you say you say it is interesting to Despite everyone being upset, it's like <laughs> the, the idea that like God gets you and hasn't forgotten you and cares about you might be a really important ingredient in yeah. sort of warfare for the soul of mm-hmm, our, our mm-hmm. culture and its ideals. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But we should talk about Luke twelve because yeah. that's what we said so, we were so going to do. So let's move forward because we're and into so, this. Yeah, being um, ready. And, and it's interesting because this is hot on the heels of so seek the kingdom, um, like take the resources you've got and instead of investing them in your worries, spend them on the kingdom Mm. um, and you'll actually be sort of laying up for yourself treasure in heaven and where your treasure is, your heart will be. So like everything oriented towards the kingdom of heaven and there being a richness and a thriving and an endurance in that. But then it's almost like we step from the invitation into the warning so you might think, great, yeah, kingdom of heaven, let like bring it on. Okay, let's let's see it happen. And the warning is, you need to be ready, stay dressed. You need to keep your lamps burning, and you need to be like people waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast, so that they may open the door as soon as he comes back and knocks. So it's really interesting that you have an invitation to be ready, and then hot on its heels, it seems like Jesus foresees that, that there's going to be people who are like ready. oh yeah kingdom of heaven sounds awesome 
but they're actually going to miss it. The kingdom yeah. of heaven is going to come knocking, yeah. and yeah, they're not going to answer the door. You know, I, I love how you, uh, you're you connecting those two, because here's where sometimes I think perhaps um, just because, I, I don't know about you, in, in my Bible we've got I've got this big break there and a, a title um, sort of that, probably wasn't in the original text, right? This. Yeah. And so I separate these two things. That's why I intentionally bought a Bible with no subheadings in the text because I kept getting like, oh, hang on, I'm supposed to keep reading, but I stopped Mm -hmm, because the mm -hmm. editor put something in. That's that's right. But that's really, (laughs) but what you said is helpful to say, no, these aren't disconnected, you know, ideas or dialogues. They're very connected. And I think my, um, I perhaps have been reading this through a different lens um, because I've seen the break yes. in here. Yeah, w- with um, the break and some of our maybe cultural ideas and questions, then we it, come at it like a fresh um, Like dialogue. it's something very different. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. And yeah. then we don't know what it's what it's about. Because yeah. then it's sort of, in what way, ready? Ready for what? Yeah. Because I think it's really easy to think, okay, Jesus is going to come knocking. Um, is that when he's re- going to return? Yeah. Like, are we being ready for that? Yeah. And it's really interesting because Jesus is talking about, like, you need to be active now. He's calling them to be active now. He's just spent loads of time in the last few chapters telling people, like, hey, the Ninevites, that's just one example, um, they repented when Jonah showed up and Mm. someone way greater than Jonah is Mm -hmm. here. So it's like Jesus keeps saying, like, man, knocking is happening Right, and now. you're not responding. Yeah, like you're missing it. Yeah, and and like uh, in the next chapter, he's going to talk about the narrow door, mm-hmm. and the same sort of idea of like, man, there's a door, but like people people are missing it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so what's being missed is actually the present engagement. Yeah, with the kingdom of God, which is really helpful for us. So then all this talk of readiness. Yeah, I want to be ready when Jesus returns. That's a thing. Some scriptures talk about that. Yeah. But what's being talked about here is actually like be ready for in, for, for that sort of kingdom engagement, seeking the kingdom. Hmm. Say, oh, well, the kingdom will move here. There's a kingdom thing happening here mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Am I ready, or am I am I going to miss it? And it, it you know it could be um, anything like a range of things. It could be a sort of like man, Jesus is knocking at the door on my heart. I'm supposed to go forward and ask someone to pray for me this Sunday. Yeah, or it could be. Or hey, here, here's start the, praying for your neighbor. I want to do something yeah. in their life. And I'm inviting you. I'm, I'm knocking on your door because you're involved in yeah, that. Yeah, I'm trying to activate you for a yeah. kingdom purpose or something yeah. like that. Yeah. No, I think... Because um, so, then all of a sudden the readiness is like on my doorstep. Like, what do I need to be ready for this afternoon? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and it could be. I. I y- Gosh, yeah, as we're talking about this, I can certainly see, because I've, I've read this many times, thinking that this is about his second coming. You know? And I think that's true. We do need to be ready for this, but there's he's inviting us to so much more yeah. than that. And it, because it does relate to that. Yeah. Jesus' return is the last thing yeah. to be ready for, Yeah, but we're supposed to be ready for everything that's now. the kingdom his of kingdom God. kingdom here is now. Coming from yeah, now all yeah. the way to that. Yeah. yeah. Mm, really and with good. all Luke's warnings of people like, you're missing it, guys. Pay attention. Mm-hmm. Wake up. It's like Jesus is trying to wake people up. I think this is a part mm. of that as well. He's like, man, seek the kingdom, but but wake up and don't miss mm. it. Mm. And then I, I love that we have 
the affirmation of what happens when we're ready and how being ready for Jesus and the Father and the kingdom. I mean, this is pretty profound. And what's that verse here, just uh, so we get people verse, oriented? Uh, yeah, verse 27. I'll, is, I'll read it. Yeah. He says, blessed are those servants, so the ones who are ready, who open the door as soon as Jesus knocks. Because... 37. Oh, Sorry, that's okay. Man. Yeah. Our eyes are I've got bad. a Bible without <laughs> subheadings, but I really need a large print one. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Oh, yeah. yeah. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. Truly, I tell you, and here's the surprising bit. This I'm expecting really... to be, he'll say to them, well done. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to sack you. I'll pay you wages this month. You know what? I'll even buy uh, an extra pizza for the workroom. Like, you know, yeah. what sort of, what sort of thanks mm-hmm. is it going to be? the master will actually dress himself as a servant and have the servants recline at table and he will come and serve them. Mm. That's a head scratcher. It's not what you would expect. No, it's to a, a real surprise, up. which is often like Jesus's parables is the surprise yeah. is um, that extra thing that like made people walk away, mm. scratching their head, pondering, um, yeah, what's going on. So surprising. And it, of course, makes me think of Jesus washing the disciples' Mm -hmm. feet um, and just showing them that his posture, the kind of leader and the kind of king and the kind of God he is going to be, is I love not to be served, but to serve you. You know, that, that even takes me back into our, from last week, when he's talking about worry. And when he says, your father is pleased to give you the kingdom, to give you yeah. all these things. And yeah. we see that continuing. This is this, no, it's, and his pleasure at giving this looks like him serving yeah. us. And this is the upside down way of God, yeah. like God's perfect love that he is, that perfect being, that perfect life finds fulfillment in being given away. Yeah. And so God gives himself away to us and makes his perfect safety and security and purposes mm. available mm. for us so we have something to give ourselves away to um, perfectly as well. Mm. And in that that exchange, everyone gets fulfilled. Mm. Um, but yeah, this is um, kind of kind of surprising for people to have heard. You know, I, I mean, for the Jews, God's consistently try to reveal himself as I'm your provider, I care for you, I want to look after you. But I mean, for anyone in the ancient world who, you know, basically the worldview was, you know, what what we do is we believe there's loads of deities and we need to basically serve them and butter them up um, to keep them on our good side so they don't get annoyed and take us out. Yeah. This is so counter to like the majority views surrounding... um, Jesus and the whole the whole rest of the world, you know. Well, and even in this analogy, where he says he's going to have them recline at the table and come wait on them, it's almost like that. Hey, all these gods, these deities that we've got to serve, and hopefully we can find the table scraps. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he's saying no, 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 no. Yeah. This is very different, and it's really interesting what that kind of readiness and willingness to serve mm. and step in to seek the kingdom is. I think that idea that we need to earn mm. something 
um, we need to perform in some way, it still so infects us. Yeah. You know, and it's really interesting Like you could maybe start serving on Sunday somewhere or you know, something yeah. like that out of a sense of duty. Well, duty rightly understood can be a good thing. It's like, man, I feel responsible to Jesus. I yeah. want to thank, I want to worship Jesus by serving. Yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a good version of duty. Mm-hmm. But then it's really easy sometimes to have a little bit of a, I, I feel like I probably ought to. And, um, you know, I, I'd feel a real jerk praying for God to provide my needs this week if I don't serve. Mm-hmm. And that's and, like, and isn't that, it, it, that's you, not quite right. Do you think that's a little bit of, hey, I have to, because if I do, then somehow God will owe me. Yes. As opposed to... Or if I don't, he'll get me. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. One way or the other, it's not understanding grace. Yeah, but still using that God. That God is actually generous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, towards us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so there's... And I think that puts an extra twist on the invitation to seek the kingdom. Yeah. It's, the, it's a kind of duty which is an invitation to actually seek something that's going to be really good and you're going to enjoy and it's going to cause you to thrive. Um, And it's going to take sacrifice. But on the journey of sacrificing those things, what we'll discover is, I mean, it's like the old song, like like, turn your eyes upon Jesus, Mm -hmm, look mm -hmm. full in his wonderful face and all the things of earth, you know, will... I can't, I can't remember if that's but like uh, a turn to dust in the light of his glory. No, that's what I'm thinking. (laughs) I'd have to sing it as well. But it, but but those things which we we really really do wrestle with and sacrifice yeah. because of where our values and priorities yeah. are at. Yeah. So often we then look back in retrospect, having grown, actually more whole, and say, "Oh, that wasn't as valuable as I thought it was." Mm-hmm. But that's the that's the so the journey does involve real sacrifice. Yeah. But the end of it, the end of the journey, is not us having sacrificed everything and being left empty. Mm. but having sacrificed everything and finding that actually we end up full. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's the sort of image here of being yeah. being served, being cared for, being tended, being taken care yeah. of when we set ourselves to look out and be like, how can I give myself away? Yeah. What's what's the kingdom doing? Where's Jesus? Where's like, where's Aslan on, on the move? Yeah. Um, where can I go? What can I do? Um, yeah, it's, it's just sort of such an interesting twist. Yeah, it's so good. And then as he ends this, these last two verses, 39 is almost this, okay, but this warning. And he says, verse 39, but understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have left his house be broken into. Um, You must also be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him. And perhaps I'm... Now that I'm thinking about this in in this continuation of the kingdom now, God's on the move now, is like, how how are we having expectant eyes for right now in my life? How is God moving? Mm -hmm. How does God want to bring his kingdom around me, through me, and Mm -hmm. inviting me into, into that? Yeah. You know, do I really have expectant eyes? Yeah. And the fact that it's, it's a readiness, or not just a readiness, but it's a maybe possibilities that are under threat. Mm, so between mm. the readiness of what Jesus might want to do right now while we're recording the podcast, all the way to what Jesus is going to do when yeah. he returns, all of those possibilities of me seeking the kingdom, stepping in, yeah. being fulfilled, being fruitful. 
I mean, next chapter we have man that the unfruitful tree is going to get chopped down. Yeah, yeah. Is it, the theme continues. Um, there is actually a thief who wants to steal those opportunities. Yeah. So my readiness is a readiness. Not it's not a passive readiness. It's an active readiness that's aware there's threats to my being prepared, to my hearing the knock, to my answering the door, to my walking through yeah. it, to my stepping into the things of the kingdom. Mm. You know, mm. which which uh, you know the th- and the key, like big things Jesus keeps talking about in terms of how we respond is taking what we've got and mm. giving it mm. to the kingdom cause, which is a lot of. I mean, yeah, just before this is so sell what you've got, give to the needy, take care of the poor, yeah. bring justice. You know, it's it's actually going and affecting the here and now that surrounds us. Mm. Mm. Um, not just seeking a future, but seeking thy kingdom come. Well, now it, it seems like it's this continuation of this theme of persistency, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it's not just, it, it's twofold almost, is we see the persistent invitation to be a part and follow along and be and join Jesus in what he's doing mm-hmm. as he's bringing his, his kingdom, but also the persistency of, hey, there's a thief that's out there yeah, that's persistently um, trying to, you know, trying to steal. Yeah. Yeah. Kill, yeah. steal, and destroy. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. the enemy's mandate. Yeah. yeah. So that brings me, I, I just, I, that's a, a, I think about, I'm thinking about persistent prayer a little differently. Yeah. Now as as well. Yeah. Because um, then that persistent prayer is a sort of becoming on guard against the thief yeah. and warfare against yeah. the, the thief. And yeah. and maybe part of my persistence, sorry, my preparation mm-hmm. is is persistent prayer. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And actually that that theme of like when it goes wrong comes up because Peter says, mm. Lord, are you telling this parable for everyone? Or is this for us too? Like who are yeah. you telling to who are you warning here? You know? Right. And it's really interesting because I'm not going to read all of this, it's quite long. Um, but then Jesus actually sort of retells uh, this idea of like a servant entrusted with something, and then the master, like, what what's he gonna find you doing when he comes? And the servant's like, ah, he's not coming, and starts abusing his position of power, mm, mm. starts beating people, and um, just revel, you know, getting drunk, eating, you know, it's like party time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's really interesting because it, it, where this sits in Luke, around it, Jesus is talking to the religious leaders mm. who won't let him heal someone on the sabbath and he's like well you you take care of your animals better than you take care of your brothers and sisters as the people of god like he's warning them for abusing Mm. their positions of power so it really is it because those have been these have been um servants that god had called forward and they're not behaving yeah. Their, their response has not been ready in the way God has always asked them to be yeah. ready. They're not... Which um, we have examples of yeah. in Luke. Yeah. Because right? uh, that's part of the... It's not just be ready to be fruitful, but it's be ready. Because when you don't expect Jesus yeah. to show up, when you're not expecting the kingdom, 
you will start leaning into the things of this world mm. and they will be destructive and harmful mm. and mm. you will suffer and others will suffer. Mm. So it's a, it's sort of, if you want to avoid those things, seeking the kingdom and readiness towards the kingdom is a tonic for those things. Mm. So so you've got the religious leaders, an example of people who they're not ready. Mm. Mm. But then like the beginning of the gospel, I think of like the prophet uh, prophetess Anna. Mm who a widow for like 60 years, some, you know, had been anticipating the coming of the kingdom. And in that moment, she saw what God was doing. She understood what God Mm -hmm. was doing. She was prepared and she was able to step in beautifully and prophesy and pray and celebrate with Mary and Joseph in the Mm -hmm. temple. You know, so there's a real contrast between the people who are ready and the people who are not aren't ready and no. they don't see what's going on they don't see Jesus no. for who he is no. and not just the pharisees yeah. i mean I, I think i think it was was it uh, in well, this, this chapter was just before the beginning of chapter 12 hey there was many thousands yes had gathered so there's I, a I'm lot thi- of people. i'm thinking of um uh, actually chapter 11 the chapter before where people were like oh you're casting out demons are you doing that by the power yeah. of Beelzebub? yeah you know mm-hmm. um yeah it's just just interesting and it's a big theme in Jesus' mm. life and in this gospel as well of like anticipating the right thing. I mean, you've got people anticipating a certain kind of king. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is like, I'm not that guy. That's not my mm. mission. Mm. It's not the kind of king I am. Like, I'm like, even in the beginning of this chapter, like, I'm not judging how to divide inheritances. Like, I'm not, I'm not that kind of judge. Right. Like you, you're anticipating <coughs> the wrong, like God to show up in the in the wrong way, mm-hmm. um, and so having the right anticipation um, is another one of those things Jesus is keeping on trying to tune people into. Yeah, and and actually that getting getting it wrong, that's actually the next bit of the text here, like verse forty nine. Um, there's a lot going on here but it's clear he's speaking to people who've got a wrong anticipation. He says, I came to cast fire on the earth. Oh, well, hello. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. Um, and I would that it was already kindled. I have a baptism to be baptized with and how great is my distress until it's accomplished. Do you think I've come to give peace on the earth? So that's like that people's anticipation. No, I tell you, but rather division. And then describes like that that division will even be like in the middle of households, in the middle yeah. of marriages, in the middle of siblings, you know, in the in the middle of deep relationship. They'll they'll so they'll be what division is because he of Jesus. Because that? that's a hard thing. This yeah. is a, an abrupt kind of in your like. Uh, let me really set expectations yeah. here. And and uh, society and at large's anticipation at this yeah. time was they they did want a Messiah to show up. Yeah, they did want God to move. But they thought God was going to move to reestablish Israel as a kind of central kingdom of the world, mm-hmm. existing in peace and prosperity. And that would involve the overthrow of Rome. But it mm-hmm. wasn't just the overthrow of Rome. It was the, we want to live like the blessed, thriving life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like we want a return to Eden, which is God's mandate. What's confusing them is what Jesus is doing is he's going to inaugurate a kingdom which as it grows is going to bring the Eden reality. And on Jesus's return, like the, the Eden, heaven and earth finally Come together. reunited will be accomplished. Mm. Um, and so 
but but they're expecting it all here and now yeah. and and part of the journey of the kingdom growing and god doing his answering the prayer thy kingdom come god bringing his kingdom is going to cause division because it's going to mean dealing with people who reject god dealing with wrong mm. expectations dealing with injustice and the perpetrators of injustice dealing with sin and sinners and their guilt but dealing with brokenness and tragedy and oppression and victims of sin and brokenness like and all of these things are actually going to stir division division and they're going to create division um that that the, the path forward is going to be one of refining and the refining can be painful yeah i i I, in here, in these verses, I, I hearken, you know, I think about those verses of, you know, the God's winnowing Mm -hmm. process, you know, his threshing floor where he's dividing wheat and the chaff Mm -hmm. um, and and that sort of thing. And is, is this primarily about a choice to see Jesus who, as he is, or to have a different interpretation of him um, to choose our need for Jesus, and is that the division? Um, the, yeah, one of the primary divisions that I, I, he's and getting. It's, at I think here. it's kind of like it's a heads up. Yeah, if you're going to seek the kingdom, be prepared, be ready, and be prepared because it's not all going to be like yeah. roses and butterflies yeah. flying around. You know, it's yeah. it there. It's going to involve some conflict, yeah, and division, and and it's really interesting, like that. Uh, I have not looked deeply into this, hmm. but I'm hmm. just reading it now and thinking that casting fire on earth brings to mind like the fire falling on Sodom and Gomorrah mm-hmm. and the division that existed in that city hmm. of righteous Lot who needed rescuing mm-hmm. and then other people who'd chosen a different way. Right. You know, and that there was a purifying and a refining. Uh, but then he talks about baptism. What's that? Right. So his baptism is to go into the grave and be brought yeah. back out in life. Um, Do you think that would have confused um, people uh, it, because they've seen him baptized? You know, and that's it, it earlier. I, and that's I'm like, the clever thing he's doing. Yeah. I think he's sowing the seeds yeah. for them to connect his baptism with and his, his resurrection, death. and also with what John said about he will baptize with the Holy yeah. Spirit and fire. So that theme comes together. And then in Acts, when they are baptized with the Holy Spirit, mm. the Holy Spirit comes as tongues of fire. Yeah. But it's tongues of fire, not Sodom and Gomorrah fire, but God's temple presence, the pillar of fire mm. in mm. the middle of his people, his presence fire. And so there's a lot of themes coming together in one sentence that well, are to, do, hold, with, you just to blew, do with God. You just blew me away here because now I read that is in... Maybe I don't want to read into the text too much, but I guess what that stirred me is this. I have come to bring fire on the earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. But then we'll see in, for example, later in John, when he's promising the Holy Spirit, and he's is he almost saying, gosh, I wish the Holy Spirit were here right now on all of yeah, you. He can't um, wait. I can't wait. God That's can't what I wait. came to do, yeah. is to bring the Holy Spirit. But yeah. I've got to go to the cross. He's got to go to the cross. Because that's, that what, that's what's going to make it possible. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> because, because not only does he have to go to cross to, like, I don't know, not, like, release the vengeance of the Holy Spirit on injustice, mm-hmm. 
but the cross create it remakes the mold of humanity yeah. so it's possible for humankind to then exist in right relationship with god again and so he he needs to um i i, I it's almost like um he's talking about the kingdoms here the kingdoms here i'm here the narrow door um you know like these sorts of invitations but to actually walk through the door into a new born again way of being yeah like he talks to nicodemus he says you got to be born again yeah. but he can't be born again until the cross well and 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 he's and he's really saying like the cross is the thing yeah that's going to cause this division. It makes all these because possibilities what real. I do on the cross yeah. and what I do in my resurrection is what is going to be the you know the dividing line, like yeah. how you see that. Yeah, and um, as the Holy Spirit then works, yeah. like making a new people yeah. with a new way, anticipating new and different things, kingdom things. Yeah, it's going to bring division. Hmm. Uh. And it's interesting because this theme then of anticipating the right thing continues because he tries to almost engage the crowds and say, you guys, you do anticipate things, Mm-mm. but you're not doing it right. Because he says, hey, so when, when you see a in, cloud... This uh, is in verse 54. Yeah, verse 54. Yeah. He says, when you see a cloud rising in the west, you know, oh, it's going to rain. And it happens. When you see the south wind blowing, you say, oh, it's going to be really hot, and it happens. You hypocrites. You mm. know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and sky. How do you not know? Or so why do you not know how to interpret the present time? Mm. So he's sort of saying to them, you have the ability to interpret. But there's something hypocritical about you because you are not engaging that ability in the way that you're looking at what's actually happening with me and you now. What's standing right in front of you yeah. right now and these things I've done. And so now I think of, hey, you saw me healing on the Sabbath, but yeah. healing miraculously. Yeah. Or even like the thing you said about like Jonah and the Ninevites. Yeah. It's like I'm like more of a deal than Jonah. Yeah. And like the Ninevites repented and you, you're not even interpreting what's going on. Yeah. Which, but it's interesting because it is another warning. He's trying to call people who are missing him and his message and what's going on. He's trying to shake them up. Like, look, watch, you need to, you need mm. to look again. You're, you're getting it wrong. You know, mm. you think you know what's going on, but you're getting it wrong. Mm. You know, he's trying to get them to re-engage that ability to try and interpret and ask a different question. But it's really interesting that Luke pairs this with you've got to be ready. Mm. So this comes sort of in the same breath for Luke. It's it's teaching that Jesus ov- obviously had alongside the teaching of readiness. Because um, I think it'd be really easy to look at this and be like, oh yeah, like the sinners who are going to hell who don't know God, they're, they're in, they're in, they think yeah. the time is for something wrong mm. and they're getting it wrong. They're missing it. Well, is this? But I, but I wonder if I, whom a disciple of Jesus, could also be missing it because when Jesus said, "Who's this parable for?" Jesus didn't say it's not for you. I'm talking about the religious leaders and the people missing it. He didn't say it's not for you. He said, "Look at the way they're not ready and what it's doing." Yeah, and take it to heart for yourself as well. Mm-hmm. And so, 
I, I sort of want to take to heart as well. Am I interpreting things right? Because if not, I'm not ready. I'm not. I'm not mm. seeking the kingdom. Mm. So it's you know it just. Uh, I think the warning, it obviously has to do with people in the here and now of Jesus who are missing Him right mm-hmm. there and then. But oh man, that 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 warning echoes through two thousand years to me. Yeah. Being able to misinterpret things now as well mm-hmm. and that that is actually i think the thing when we were praying about this text that drew us to be like man i think jesus is still like trying to tap us on the heart about prayer right because jesus didn't do like a one and done hey you guys are getting everything wrong okay you're misinterpreting everything okay i'm, I'm off there'll be a cross and some stuff after that no he keeps going around talking about the kingdom trying to invite trying to warn trying to reveal what the kingdom's like doing kingdom things like he he's constantly trying to push mm. like push those things into people mm. like jesus isn't walking around now but he's left us his word mm. and he's left us his presence by the spirit and the, the part of the job of the Spirit is to reveal the things of Jesus and the Father to us. Mm. And where's our ability to deeply k- tap into that possibility is prayer again. Yeah. Like prayer is so pivotal for me being like, I, I want to be ready. How can I be ready? What should I be ready for? What's the opportunity? How do I seek the kingdom? How do I interpret the times? Not just the times in... Yeah, I think there's an interpreting the times. I've I've seen it as like a label on a conference, and basically the message of the conference is the whole world's going to hell in a handbasket. Yeah. yeah. So um, don't get involved in anything other than your church, you know. <laughs> but actually, like I might not be interpreting the times by you know a, a new neighbour might but like might today, have moved in and something might be going days, on, and I'm observing them and thinking happening. these jerks. I want to pray they move out, and the spirit's saying no, you're misinterpreting it. Yeah they're broken and upset because they've got pain in their life and I want you to go minister to them. Mm, mm, so good. Right? It, but prayer, my ability to figure those sorts of things out is so limited. But why would I try and figure it out by myself? Mm-hmm, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't need to. You know, I can live in that constant state of being tuned into the Spirit because mm-hmm. the Spirit lives in that constant state mm-hmm, of presence mm-hmm. to me because mm-hmm. he lives in me mm-hmm. and he lives in me with the purpose so not just of refining me but mobilizing me mm-hmm. that's that's the point of the temple presence yeah. it's a temple with open doors <laughs> yeah so oh, lo- uh, yeah it's so that like leads me into the prayer conversation the, yeah. the all of these warnings uh, and, and then as he as he finishes this off like it's I love how you connected that preparation with you know, connecting that with the sign of the times, and then also like this, this preparation of this last part uh, about starting at verses that. Oh, the last uh, 57. F- fifty-seven. Yeah. Yeah. Onward. My eyesight's which... getting better. I can read it. <laughs> Mine's getting worse. <laughs> so, you know, why don't you judge uh, for yourself what is right? Because this is a little bit of a twist or left turn a little yeah. bit it seems to be but as but I, th- say, yeah, I think this is an example of misinterpreting doing the wrong thing yeah like yeah 
Well, go ahead. Yeah. Well, you know, you keep reading. Well, I think you're right. Okay, it is so an example. Why don't you judge for yourself what is right? Are you going, um, as you're going with your adversary to the magistrate, try hard to be reconciled on the way, or your adversary may drag you off to the judge, and the judge turn you over to the officer, and the officer throw you into prison. I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, what's what do you think is the right way for a situation to play out? Oh, my interpretation is, like, I'm I'm in right, and I'm going to try and use, like, my influence, my power to convince a magistrate that, uh, like, I want to get out of this situation, mm-hmm. and I, I want vengeance. Like, mm. I, w- I want the person I'm in dispute with. I want the conflict to end with me vindicated and them suffering. Right. So it's an idea of what justice looks like. The, the kind of justice that is retributive mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. rather than the kind of justice which is restorative. Yeah, I've got a conflict. I've got a dispute. I, I want to reconcile with that person. I want to figure it out. Well, and I love that he says, try to hard to be reconciled on the way. It's on, And I guess as I'm thinking of connecting these two, trying to say reconciliation he starts with our inner you know some of these interpersonal things that's one of the first things that comes up like and actually being prepared is like these interpersonal reconciliations it's about reconciliation yeah not about this um your view of judgment your view of being right because let's face it in my selfish view all the time you know i think i'm right (laughs) all the time and so when but there's the very if I if I stick to that attitude as opposed to being reconciled with you, frankly, you know my view of judgment is will most often be proved wrong, and yeah. I'm going to be in trouble. Yeah, and that's that's it. It's the kind of proved wrong. It's almost as if Jesus is saying, "Hey, the normal, the thing you think is normal, the thing you would actually have a reflex of, oh yeah, do this. That's do you not see that's not going to end well? Yeah, like." Do you see how actually a different way would lead to a better yeah. outcome? Yeah. And so it's a warning, but it's an invitation. Mm. Uh, but, um, yeah. It's almost an invitation as well to, like, our, our, I guess maybe it's not just to reconcile our interpersonal, but our, our relationship with God, Yeah. too. Because to if, we, if we want to say, hey, we're right, you're wrong, is he yeah. saying, hey... That's not, that ain't gonna end well yeah. <laughs> for you. And I, I guess I, the words I was reaching for is it, actually it's that countercultural thing again. Yeah. Like Jesus is trying to create a countercultural Jesus people hmm. who will help embody and bring the kingdom. Hmm. And um, if we're interpreting the times wrongly and not ready, we can't be the countercultural people. Hmm. Hmm. I, I also think it's really interesting that the example of not being countercultural and going the wrong way um, is about conflict, given that... I, I just I wonder, as Luke's being guided by the Spirit writing mm, his gospel, mm. that the Spirit, you know, makes him think of Jesus' teaching about, hey, part of the kingdom's going to involve conflict. Yeah. And then the example of how you can misinterpret and get it wrong and be count, not be countercultural is also going to be about two people in conflict. Yeah, yeah. So it's just an interesting yeah. connection there as yeah. well. Um well, let's get back. Let's think about this through, you know. Let's revisit this through persistent prayer. 
yeah. then. And, and think about that through maybe how we are prepared um, and we're prepared to sort of, uh, you know, make the, what, how prayer is involved in that and yeah. making the and right why, decisions. Why the, per, why the perseverance, the yeah. persistence in the prayer. Yeah. yeah. I mean, one, one thing that stands out to me is like in the, in the parables, the servants, it's, they started to say to themselves, mom, maybe my master's not coming or he's not oh, coming soon. That's or, good. Yeah. Right. And so, so it's the beginning of that slippery slope. Yeah, it's like once you've got the right anticipation, oh, my master's at a wedding feast. He's coming home. Like I want to be ready to like open yeah. the door and take care of him when he comes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it takes perseverance to maintain mm-hmm. the right anticipations. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, I think that's why, I mean, we just had the Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm, I think that's mm-hmm. why as Jesus taught his people to pray, an ingredient in there was the anticipation of his kingdom coming. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that it's it's an activity right now. When I pray thy kingdom come, I'm interceding for my here and now. But when I pray thy kingdom come, it's also a prayer that is about a trajectory and, I, and mm. I'm anticipating an outcome of the fulfillment of the kingdom. Mm. And so if we're not praying about the kingdom coming in, the, in that sort of way of seeking the kingdom, then... Yeah, I think the danger in the parable is it's really easy to think, ah, it's not happening anytime soon. Right. And our anticipations start to shift. But persistent prayer can be a way of, once we've got the right anticipations, engaging them in how we pray helps to maintain those anticipations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I see this also in this, uh, just in that first verse in verse 35, you know, be dressed and ready for service, and keep your lamps burning. I mean, that's yes. an ongoing... <laughs> oh, we didn't even talk about that metaphor. Yeah, yeah so good. Continue to be doing that. Like, yeah. if that light goes out, you've... So mm-hmm. I guess that's where I see that persistence mm-hmm. as well. Like, continue yeah. to have that light going. I think the interpreting the times thing, mm-hmm. I mean, that kind of mm-hmm. led me into why wouldn't I pray? So I've, oh, already, yeah. I've already got on the soapbox about that yeah, one. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I think it's just understanding that interpreting the times is a constant activity. Yeah, Interpreting what's going on around you is a constant activity. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, I understood the times. I went to a conference, like I'm good. I read a book. Yeah. Now I know what the times are about. Right, right, right. Yeah, but then like a new neighbor moves in or you get a new colleague at work or you notice that other person you see at the grocery store every day. Like the times were always changing. So interpreting them is a constant need. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think that invites a... Uh, like a persistent question. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that question could be about things the Spirit's actually helping us observe. Or sometimes it could be like, well, Jesus, uh, I don't know, nothing's grabbing my attention, but today, if there's something I'm supposed to notice, show me. Mm-hmm. And again, it sets an, an anticipation of readiness. Well, yeah. gosh, even as you say that, uh, I, I I think back to our conversation last week and about worry and anxiousness and, and specifically about anxiousness about tomorrow. Um, yeah. And is in as you're saying that, what I'm he- hearing also is Jesus saying, pay attention to today mm-hmm. as well and, and be prepared today. Don't, don't worry about that. But actually what you need to be doing is um, persistently thinking about what I'm doing here and now today. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? In in the last podcast talking about anxiety, tomorrow yeah. was a threat. Yeah. But with seeking the kingdom and trying to be ready, tomorrow is an opportunity. Oh yeah. That uh, thank like you. what a switcheroo, right? That's great. Yeah. 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 That that sounds like the sort of thing I should write in notebooks. I think yeah. that's a good line. <laughs> I think so. We came I'm up with steal something that good sometime. <laughs> All well, right, so that's enough. Credit. That's enough for today. <laughs> yes. um, next week into Luke thirteen. There we go. Um, yeah, and like take it, think about it, but like go do some praying. Mm-hmm. Like the the call, like that's a way to engage with these things that is accessible to everyone. So that's yeah. the encouragement. And then yeah. Look forward to next time. We'll see you next time.